0: Ellen Bell on this Friday morning, summer Friday, a bunch of stuff we have to get to. Preseason football, we had an entire slate of games last night, 11 games were on the schedule, a lot of quarterbacks taking those first snaps. We're going to break some of those down. Tiger Woods, not uh, very impressive at the shoot? Norman Trust. Say, he was four over on his first day, he's second to last in the field. You think there's a better chance
1: of me getting within, uh, let's say, 12 strokes of Tiger on that course, or him scoring three points against me in a one-on-one? What do you think?
0: He's a pretty good athlete. He does like basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't think, I think you, defensive shutdown, if 12, you gave the effort. Well, I mean, so what do you he shoot yesterday? What do you, so Probably 76, over, I'm assuming. So 12 could, shot, I'd be 88. I think you, I think there's more chance that you would stay within 12 shots of his score yesterday. Yesterday. Yes. yes. That's what I mean. I think I would put more. I played right. golf with you. I would get, I would put that as the more likely scenario. 88,
1: 88 would be a good number for me though. Like just in full disclosure right now. Yeah. I play golf Oh, for sure. Um anyway, my- Yeah.
0: Some of the guys we're talking about slow play. We're gonna break that down a little bit later. Um, as well as a few other fun topics as uh one NFL quarterback has welcome to the NFL moment and we'll discuss that a little bit later. Yesterday you and I oh also, it is a bittersweet day. For Canel and Bell, I know. The last day for Matthew Coca, our producers, moving on to other shows. here. He's going to be working with David Sampson on something we have cooking. Uh, we're going to miss him a bunch. He's been a huge part of our show for the last year. Yeah, helping us produce this, put the show together behind the scenes, put in a ton of Debo work. Debo as well, yeah. Debo, Mikey, I think yeah. we, uh, there's a little we're bit gonna, of change up, a little, little shake up. Yeah, uh, all good for everybody. Everybody's still with the company. So That's good. Nobody's getting canned, correct? Good, correct. Including you and me. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, some change up. So Matthew Coca, we appreciate his work. Does a fantastic job. Maybe we'll have some fun with him at the end of the show as well. Uh, yesterday, we talked about Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. A little bit. I had a tweet that was out there. Okay. I love Twitter because I love and hate it. It's a love hate sure. relationship because things you hate about it, of course, everybody knows about. You have trolls out there. You get people who, you know, just are always constantly negative. One of the fun things about Twitter is that sometimes you never know who you're going to cross paths with. Right. Right. So I sent out a tweet about Dabo. I thought it was extremely tame. I said, I love Dabo and the way he runs his program. I do. But I hated, and I, I also hated Kelly Bryant leaving the team midseason. Right. Both those things can be true. Yeah. But not giving him a championship ring is petty, yeah. in my opinion. That okay. was a tweet. Got a lot of comments. People were peppering it. I was surprised that the majority of the people said he quit, don't give him a ring, You know, don't, you know, stick to your principles. He quit. They were okay with it. I was surprised at the reaction. I thought it would be a little bit more 50-50. Yeah. It was much more leaning towards Dabo Sweeney. One of the replies on there that I got, I looked down and I was like, hold on a second. Is this who I think it is? You and I are both fans of Last Chance You, Yeah. Jason Brown. The coach? The head coach, the coach from this past season and can't last Tuesday. No seasons. longer the coach. Yes, no longer no the coach. coach. Right. Who's actually running some legal issues yeah. out there. <laughs> okay. Chimed in. And I yeah. was like, hold on a second. Is this really – I thought it was maybe a fake account. Right. Oh, it's him. Okay, okay. okay. You've got the cigar-smoking profile pic. Yep. Uh You've got 80,000 followers. Yeah. And you've got – as only he could say it, I'll read you his tweet. Uh-huh. It's like when I read this tweet, I heard his voice right. saying, if you've watched Last Chance you." You know exactly what I'm talking about. He said, you cats, just keep enabling these kids. Not everyone deserves a ring just because they participated. He chose to leave. He didn't want to compete. You are rewarding him for quitting on everyone. Bye-bye, good luck, but no hardware from me. He spelled you cats, K-A-T-S. I thought that was funny, you cats. But I hear him that's, using that word. That's funny. But it was kind of surprising. He was on that side too. That's the old school mentality. If you quit, you're no longer a part of the team, which I understand it's only a ring that probably costs four or five hundred bucks, and just and he won a quarter of their games.
1: to the you lose one of those games, you're no longer in the college football playoff. Yeah, right. You lose one of the games he started. What's the, the toughest opponent that he played against? Probably Texas A on the road in college road. station. Let's say Trevor Lawrence, like all like the, all Thor and and the best quarterback we've ever seen, wasn't ready for some reason to step into that environment and play. So you needed the old upperclassmen to hold them down. If he lost that game for you, you weren't going to be in the college football playoff. And I'm going to double down on what I said. Like, it was Kelly Bryant's senior season. You have now made your call as the coach that you're going to go in a different direction. A kid who aspires to play pro football, what's he to do in that situation when the writing is on the wall? You've you've passed him over for for a a, a freshman, right? Yeah. Like, what is he going to do? You want him to burn his senior season sitting there watching it? Like, you... Hold that against him when he says, "Hey, look, coach, I gotta get the hell out of here, man. I want to be a pro quarterback. Like, I was. I took you guys to the college football playoff last year, so I'm good enough. I want to be a like pro quarterback. You don't see it that way. You're gonna burn my senior season. Why hold a grudge against a dude for bailing? Like, any he, uh, he contributed. Like, he did all the offseason stuff. He was there running your stuff. He played four games and got four Ws for you. I don't see how that it's. Uh,
0: what's the problem? I just think it would have been the right thing to do." You don't have to do it. Of course, you don't have to. He There's didn't. not even a debate. It was the right thing to do. Right, like right. It's not even question. Right. It would have just been the right thing to do. That's why I'm surprised Dabo didn't do it. Um, I've heard people say, well, he could have stayed on the team and not played with the team. Been There's there no guarantee hard... of that. But here's you? what would have happened if he, you... because this is what Dabo, Dabo did do a right thing by making the switch after four games because right. he gave Kelly Bryant the opportunity. Hey, you can tran, you know. I think he probably wanted to sell Kelly Bryant. Hey, you won't are have to insurance play. policy. But you know what would have happened? You would have cashed in that insurance policy the first week because they were down against Syracuse and Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. Yeah, and they had to go to Chase and Price. The senior season's burn, and then it's done. Yeah. So he kind of had to make that tough decision if he was going to get out of there. Um One more thing on Jason Brown, yeah. man, I can't stand that dude. <laughs> I mean, I hate watched did the you, last season of Last Chance you Fire back at him like yesterday. It. You know, I had some people say, actually texted me because yeah. they saw that, and they're like, oh, you know, your boy's out there getting after you. Right. I went back really timid. I probably should have – because I, I kind of just made my counterpoint. Right. As opposed to saying, if anybody should weigh in, it shouldn't be you. I just didn't say anything, and he actually DM'd me. And all he put was all love, bro. Oh yeah. Like, cause he wanted to make sure, like he was, cause he was disagreeing with. But I don't care. Like I wasn't offended. Nah,
1: dog, don't back down from that now, bro. Don't get in my DMs with the soft stuff, right? Are you talking about catch baby to and Compton? I don't baby nobody. Hey Jay, you want to come on the show? <laughs>
0: exactly. We find out who baby's who, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, we do have. Can I get to the breaking news there, Coca? Breaking news? What? Or do you want me to save it for the next block? Now. Breaking news, my man Raja Bell is going to be bummed about this. I am as well. Tiger Woods with Withdrew oh, Northern bro, Trust with an ob- this is an injury we haven't heard from a while an oblique strain. Clearly something was wrong with Tiger. We mentioned it yesterday with the practice round. He's playing in his pro am. Yeah. It's fairly relaxed, low key. He's only playing nine holes, and he didn't hit the driver the last four or five holes. Yeah because he was worried he would tweak something that to me is was the major red flag uh, it's this is a bummer but it's not a shock to me i oh
1: god i said some mixed emotions i've always said that if he starts coming if he comes back and when he's not playing well he starts the withdraw thing see that's when i, I i've always been a tiger guy but i almost got off the bandwagon when the excuse like i don't know three times in a season was like i got to withdraw cuz i don't feel good yeah if you don't feel good don't come Right. Don't play. I, I hate the withdrawal cuz I'm not feeling good now. But if you're really injured, stuff happens. Um I guess I won't hop off this time, Danny. But if this is going to be a norm, dude, I feel like that's his cop out sometimes.
0: It absolutely.
1: You know is. what I mean? Like yeah. so now I'm worried like are you really injured or is this the easy way out? And and when I got to get to that point with you as a fan, I'm almost out. Well,
0: he uh, why well, we can't be out? We can't be out I know, on Tiger. I know. No, I know, but here's the thing. This is where a lot of people that were critics of Tiger Woods in this most recent comeback, when he had the yips yeah. at Phoenix at um, the Waste Management Open, when he struggled, there was always an excuse. I mean, even when he had the yips, he was like, well, I'm not firing correctly. Right. But I will say this. He still came back and won the Masters. So you know what's in there. But I think what's fair, but see, I don't don't think you hear any PGA player criticize him for trying, even though it might not be 100%, because of what he brings to the table as far as viewership, attendance. He's going to bring in a lot of eyeballs with that, but I hear you. I mean, there's a term my dad used to always tell me, If I had a bad game and I maybe, you know, started doing this, my dad would be like, don't let him see it. My dad called it a loser's limp. Yeah. You know, like if you're having a bad game and all of a sudden you're grabbing your arm or, and my dad would always point out opponents. He'd be like, you see that? He had a bad game. So all of a sudden his elbow hurts. My dad's like, yeah, right. Whatever. Right. He's like, don't ever let me see that. You know, don't let anybody see it. I don't love that. I don't love it either. It does, it does feel like it's, It is an excuse that he's making when it's out there.
1: He's got a little soul searching to do, bro. Yeah, he he does. He's got a little soul searching to do. Um, you know, where am I at mentally? Um, in terms of my pro career, where am I at physically? Uh, can, can those two things, you know, be in in lockstep in concert? And can I continue to play at a high level, or is are we at a point now where it's you know, it's too much for, for very little reward sometimes. You know what I mean? I don't know. He's got some soul searching to do.
0: We, everything we've done with Tiger Woods and we do it with LeBron James. We do it with Tom Brady. It's just something we do when you're talking about the greatest in their respective sports. We overact, overreact to things. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a big deal. He's just protecting himself. It was getting ugly and he reevaluates where he stands right now as far as career wise and he comes up with a plan. This still is a very new schedule. Which the PGA Tour has debuted this year, yeah. switching things around, moving the majors where they're tighter together. You've heard other players on the PGA Tour who have never dealt with any injuries saying, man, this is different. I have to train differently. I have right. to mentally prepare differently. So I would say that's kind of the, the glimmer of optimism that I would cling to for Tiger is, all right, emotional year, get the Masters win. Obviously that took its toll. You took your two week vacation to um, Thailand. Now let's, let's come up with a plan moving forward so that maybe you can catch Jack. So that maybe you can come back and get to this challenge number one in the world and get Sam Sneed's record and all those things. But you look to me like you don't buy it. Like you don't think that's a priority for him. I don't feel good about
1: <laughs> it, but I'm a fan. So I'm going to ride with you, bro. Like I'm with you. I mean, I'm not going to quit yet. I'm with you. I just have real reservations about if it's sustainable for him not whether he can like pop up and and win tournaments here and there or but that number one like quest for number one in the world i really have my reservations about whether it means enough to him to do it not 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 a skill set danny just like whether at this point in his career it means as much to him as we think it means to him right cuz that's yep. what it boils down to sometimes like you can have the physical tools but if it doesn't mean that much to you and your priorities are in other places. It just doesn't work like that, you know? And so I'll forever be a Tiger fan. Forgive yep. me for saying I'm, I'm, I'm off. I just don't, I don't, I don't like where we're at this year. The Masters win was great, but it also revealed to me that it took way more than I ever imagined, uh, for him to get to that point. And it took way more out of him than I ever thought it would.
0: You and I can talk about it all we want. People are going to say, hey, they never played golf. They don't know what they're talking about. Let's get somebody who does. Let's get to our buddy Mark Emmelman, our CBS Sports HQ golf analyst. See him all the time. Love him on the coverage. He's at the tournament. Mark, how concerned are you? How surprising is this of what we're hearing, this breaking news, that Tiger Woods has withdrawn from the Northern Trust?
2: Well, Danny, first off, it's a little bit of a shock to everyone on the premises. But truth be told, I – I'm not that con- uh, not that surprised, really. He looked really, really ginger in his last go-out. Obviously played in the Open Championship and has had no uh, uh, competition since then. Um, and and yesterday didn't look very convincing at all. I mean, he came out, it was a really slow start early in the morning, you know, in some really, really um, scorable conditions and battled his way along there in a big way. And you could see the swings didn't look that free. And you could see he was sort of battling some. And then... This morning, the word is that he went for some treatment, but just unable to compete with the uh, with this uh, oblique strain. Um, and I was looking through some of the data here, and the last time he withdrew mid-tournament, this is not prior to an event, it was back in 2017 in February, and that was at the Dubai uh, tournament over there in, in the Middle East, in the Emirates. And, and that was from back spasms, and that led to fusion surgery and a 10-month layoff, so uh, this is all real shocking and, and everyone's like, oh my goodness, really? Uh, but you know, a lot of folks in the know and a lot of folks who have seen him out on the tour over the last few weeks have seen a guy that was not at full pace and they've seen a guy that was, didn't have his, he, his, his body physically where he wanted it to be. And everyone was questioning the schedule and how little he was playing. But obviously there have been some issues now and, and, and it's gotten to a place where he's just looking out for himself for the betterment and, and maybe thinking towards the future.
1: That's what I was gonna, I was gonna ask Mark, like I'm, it, he clearly hasn't looked like himself as of late. Um, we debate on here all the time, whether it's just a hangover from chasing, you know, the Masters and finally getting over the hump there with another major or, you know, could it have something to do with the new schedule? And there are a lot of guys out there kind of complaining about the new schedule and, and figuring out how to train for that. Uh, what do you imagine this looks like going forward? Cause I, I I'm not sure that I see the same glimmer in his eye as I did before he got the, uh, the Masters championship.
2: You know, Roger, both of you guys have played sport at the highest level, and you know that obviously father time is undefeated. That's number one. And fatigue will make a human of every man. And, and the schedule, albeit fantastic for the PGA Tour, for sport, for the sponsors, I mean, for the guys coming out of the Corn Ferry Tour, there's so many more events now in the fall series that it's really, really good. But I can tell you this from, you know, working through the schedule for CBS, it has been a grind, and I'm not the one swinging golf clubs. For Pete's sake, I'm carrying a microphone around the place. So, so for guys, you know, everyone, even the youngsters who are fit, are talking about fatigue. I caught up with Bryson DeChambeau earlier this week, and he goes, "Man, I'm just tired." And and so for Woods, who's 43, and you know, that that's chronologically, uh, you know, after all, all the surgeries and stuff, you don't know how he's feeling. So it's been tough. So in the future, scheduling is going to be hard. Um, but I heard you say earlier, which was a very smart point, um, I, that, that victory in, in, in April at Augusta National, that, that was not a crowning achievement, certainly, because Tiger has done so many great things throughout his career. But, but that was proof of something that just a year ago, let's call it, was impossible in many people's eyes. You know, the, the win at Eastlake in, at the Tour Championship was incredible. And then to come back and win another major championship and to get to 15, that was the culmination of a lot. I mean, physically was one thing, but can you guys imagine mentally and emotionally how grueling that journey must have been for Tiger Woods? And he told us all about the fact, he goes, he just needed some time to sort of process the win and enjoy it. And and since then, um, you know, he sort of felt the physical ill effects of this. So it's all up in the air again, sadly. You know, everyone was sort of, saying tiger's back and tiger this is gonna happen and you can win all the majors and and win tournaments and break sam sneed's record well you never know man it's sport is such a crazy thing and and in the end i guess you know we're all human beings and we are prone to to anything you know each day is a blessing really
0: there's mark do you think there's a chance that uh brooks kepka who talked about his philosophy when it comes to regular tour events and majors is hey, I use the regular events as practice. That's the only time you see me practice. Is when you see me play on TV. Do you think that's a philosophy that Tiger Woods could apply to his own uh, career moving forward? And could he have that type of success? Because it does look like he's going to have to start preserving his body and his workload. Is that something he could follow possibly? Uh,
2: he could, Danny. But but here's the thing: you guys are competitors. You know, to it, it takes. I I still find it fascinating that Brooks would make that observation, and and I understand that he doesn't practice as hard when he gets to regular PGA Tour events, but the competitive within, I mean, are you guys comfortable with getting out on the field or the court or the golf course and just kind of going through the motions and and not practicing and just sort of showing up? I I, I don't know, and and for Tiger Woods, maybe that's what he's going to do, but the competitor that I know in my experiences from Tiger even from back in the college days when I played and, and I saw him then, there's a fire that burns hot inside, and, and it does with every athlete. So to just go to events and sort of stay running fit, I'm not so sure he's got that deal mentally and that gear. So, so it remains to be seen. I, I couldn't offer you a real, uh, a real savvy point on that, but I'll tell you what, the, the competitor within will make that very, very hard.
1: Mark, let me ask you, I mean, we are in the FedEx Cup uh, uh playoffs now. Um, obviously Tiger won't finish this event, but who who do you who do you think in your opinion, you know, is in form right now, who should we be looking at down the stretch to maybe make a run at it?
2: Well how about Dustin Johnson showing up yesterday after everyone had been writing him off? You know, so the PGA tour, I always gravitate back to the old catchphrase, these guys are good and and I can tell you, you know, to suck on the PGA tour, you're gonna be really good. So anyone out here within the top you know, 70, certainly, because the cut from 125 this week to 70 next week at the BMW Championship, I mean, that's nearly half of the field that are going home. So, you know, I would certainly look at someone within the top 70. But that being said, DJ, you've got to keep your eye on him. Brooks, you have to keep your eye on him. But the guy that I've really got my eye on right now is Rory McElroy. I mean, he's been playing super. He's won two events. You know, the Open Championship at Port Rush was a major letdown. But he came to Memphis. Of course, at the World Golf Championships, FedEx and Junior Invitational, that he hadn't seen in a long, long time and was a part of the storyline there. Had that magnificent like, 62, I believe it was, Saturday. Played into the final group with Brooks and, and was sort of shown up there some. But he looked all kinds of good um, yesterday in the first round of the Northern Trust. And he's played Eastlake well. He's uh, He's been a FedEx Cup champ before. So <laughs> I, I, I'm watching out for Rory. I think he's, he's, he's going to pull out all the gears over the next couple of weeks.
0: Mark, appreciate it. Appreciate you hopping on here with the breaking news. Enjoy the rest of the tournament.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
2: Go to your
0: happy place for a Happy price. Got your happy
1: price. Price line.
0: Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So Roger just told us there that Ben Roethlisberger will not play in their preseason opener. That's the least surprising thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> like I get I get shocked. Like last night I was watching the Giants Jets game. We're gonna get to Daniel Jones performance. But like when Eli was out there the first series, I'm like, what? Yeah. And then I saw Sam Darnold playing for the Jets the first series, and they right. only played one series. What's the upside? Right. You know. Yeah, they look good and they had a good drive. Great. It doesn't mean anything. But the the downside, potential risk, yeah, is just to me, it makes no sense why you would play anybody who's established or played at all. Why you would play them very much? Uh, and it's a trend you're starting to see more teams implement. But every time I still look at them, I'm like I can't believe you got guys in Jermaine Curse. We saw, you sure. know, losing the, uh, the lines, losing him, just atrocious. When you see some of the injuries that take place, it's every coach's worst nightmare by far. Uh, Kyler Murray, thankfully, made it through unscathed. But more importantly, for the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, he actually looked really good. He was 6 for 7, 44 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, played one series, yeah. but he looked comfortable. Like for me, I just want to see kind of how does a guy look, how does he handle the situation. Sometimes you see guys in an NFL uniform and you're like, eww. Like, they just look like rookies. Sure. You know, like, maybe it doesn't fit right. Or like, <laughs> yeah. in, you know what I mean? I don't know if you noticed that in the NBA, but the Absolutely NFL, right. I can always tell from a rookie, I'm like, oh, he doesn't know how to dress yet. Right. Like, and it's just subtle. Like, the fit of the jersey. He's a new. Yeah, sometimes yeah. they're really baggy. Right. Or, you know, just whatever reason it is, the Kyler Murray looked like a pro. He looked the part. Yeah. He looked the part. He was, I I mean,
1: he was making really quick decisions. I guess this is the new look, right, of, like, football. Like, yeah. getting that ball out quick, like, you know, you're not sitting back pushing the ball downfield. You're just kind of bop, bop, bop. So he looked really good. He looked comfortable. Uh, he looked like he had a really good rapport with his teammates. All things that you'd probably be looking for, you know, with a young player and evaluating in the preseason. He did only play the one series. All of that looked good. I was interested to see what happened. Like, the same with Lamar Jackson last year. I wanted to see what that speed looked like or would it translate into the NFL? What's it look like against NFL speed? So when the pocket collapses, which it didn't really have time to do a lot last night, right. Could he escape it? Because he's slight, you know, he's smaller, and that's a question. He hit the turbo button one time, like pocket collapsed on him. The speed was real. He was able to get outside and, and, and escape it a little bit. And so, you know, those type of things are what I was looking for. I thought it looked good.
0: I think much like Lamar Jackson, his speed will translate. He will be able to run away from dudes, but that was also what I was scared watching. Yeah. Cause there are going to be opportunities for him to scramble to make those types of plays. Again, don't, like I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury told him before the game, hey, save those scrambles for the season. <laughs> hey. Throw it away. But it's hard, even cause you're a competitor, sure. you're thinking it's a game, even though it's a fake game. It's not a real game. Hard to shut that off. It's hard to shut that off. But thankfully for him, he was able to. Um. It's funny because one thing I notice, and I hate when this happens, and I fall victim to this, uh, victim to this myself. You get excited for pre- like you sure. get hyped up. You're like, "Man, Kyler Murray's going to win Rookie of the Year." He was six for seven. Yeah. I actually was really happy for Daniel Jones. He has been just the punching bag yeah. for everybody that thinks they're a draft expert. For Giants fans who think they knew the best quarterback for their future have just been taking shots at Daniel Jones. He's booed at a Yankees game when he goes there just to take it in. That's tough. He had a lot of pressure on him because it was his first impression, needed to go out there, and really silence some of those critics. And I get that it's only going to last for a week because if he goes out and lays an egg next week, they're going to be right back to where they were. But at least Daniel Jones, for a week, can silence the critics and enjoy a little bit of success and kind of take a breather and say... You know what? I showed you I can do this.
1: Look, all, yes, all Daniel Jones can do in the spot that he's in is produce and prove people wrong. Like that, that's, that's the only way that he can cure it, right? And last night was a step towards doing that. Uh, now granted, it was a small step. It was a preseason game and we all know preseason is not nearly what regular season is going to be like or preseason game number two, preseason game number three, right? That, that gets a little more intense as you get more guys on the field, but all he could do in this space was go out there and do what he did. Yep. Which is look good, move the ball, uh, play pretty clean. Not pretty clean. It's five for five, sixty-seven. 67. Yeah. That's what I could do. I did that. Now it's time to go back. If you're Daniel Jones, get right back to work on whatever your prep is. C- continue to learn the playbook, continue to, you know, dissect the coverages and do whatever you need to do as a quarterback. But he did all that he could do in what he was given. Good yep. for him.
0: All of the rookie quarterbacks that I watched last night, for the most part, very simple reads. Yeah. Get it out quick. You saw a screen press from Kyler Murray, like they're really simple, like you call them like in a
2: playbook,
0: you'll call them like go-to plays or confidence builders. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a
1: question. And I'm sure we're going to get, I mean, it's next on the rundown, but I felt like of those three quarterbacks of, of Kyler, um, uh, Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne looked like he was throwing it downfield more than the other two.
0: Yes. Agreed. And some of that's with, where he's playing in the game. Uh-huh. You know, like coaches sometimes, like you script the first quarter, you know, right. the first 25 plays, and they're scripted specifically for sometimes those rookie quarterbacks because you're only going to get one series with Eli, one series with Daniel Jones. So you're very scripted with those. When it gets to be second quarter, third quarter, you open things up a little bit more. And when you start throwing the ball down more, that's when you're opening up the playbook a little bit. You're having to go deeper into your progressions. And the tendency for rookies, especially if you played at Ohio State and had a lot of success stretching the field vertically, take the big chance, yeah. go for it. I thought that's what Haskins got himself into a little bit of trouble with. It's human nature; you get out there. That's again, I'm excited for Daniel Jones, but I don't think he's the future just yet. Right. I'm, you know, Dwayne Haskins would have liked to seen him not make some of those throws, but does it mean he's not going to be a successful quarterback? In no way does it mean that at all. Right. Uh, as you look at some of the quarterbacks across the board. Drew Lock for the Broncos had a pretty impressive night, played a little bit longer, 180 yards passing. Jarrett Stidham, another yeah. guy played for the Patriots. They're looking for a backup to Tom Brady. That's one thing the Patriots will do. They'll he'll get a lot of reps this, you know, a lot of snaps, a lot of work for the Patriots. Yeah, because you don't want Tom Brady out there at all uh for them. So yeah, don't get too excited. Like I already saw Eli Manning's reaction to Daniel Jones' touchdown pass. Is he Uh, nervous? Right. No, No, it's too early. Come on. It's preseason. Calm down when you get out there. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. We have some breaking news in the golf world. Bummer to Raj and I. Big Tiger Woods fans We're watching for him. Loved his performance in the Masters, getting back on track. But things have been falling off the rails a little bit recently for Tiger, and none more so than this morning when it was announced he has withdrawn From the Northern Trust, uh, withdrawn from there with an oblique strain. Another thing you're kind of like, man, it's been his back. It's been some other issues. Haven't heard this one yet, but he has withdrawn from the Northern Trust with this oblique strain. It's a bummer. You wonder what it means for him. Probably the end of this golf season for him, but it it allows him to kind of – you could see there was something in his face, facial expression, just tired – emotionally exhausted, now you see the body starting to break down. Probably just in a spot where he was ready to just get out and just kind of hit the reset button, which this will allow him to do.
1: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it and and you know, we had Mark on, Mark was saying that, you know, the emotional drain of of winning the Masters, um, you know, we we, we knew there was a drain, but he needed to step away for a few weeks and really soak it in. And I like I immediately thought like, man, what old Tiger, um, you know, in his heyday he was never soaking anything in. Right. Like Brooks Kepka, Roy McIlroy, these guys that are winning majors. They don't soak anything in. Like it's on to the next. So when you're, when, when, when those masters and, and, or majors take tolls out of you like that and you've got to soak them in, you do have to go back to the drawing board, so to speak, in terms of how you're going to prep for them, like what your schedule is going to look like pre, pre major, yeah. post major. Um, because if you're at a point where they drain that much out of you, you got to recalibrate. You have to figure out a new way to kind of train and, and, and navigate the schedule.
0: Yeah, they're definitely going to be looking at that. Some Tiger Woods is going to value it as well. Another topic that was hot discussion, uh, over the week of the tournament was slow play. Uh, Brooks Kepka has always been vocal about it, hates doing it. I think almost, this is the thing I don't, it just blows my mind. No one likes playing slow. Yeah, you know, no. it doesn't seem yeah. like it. And yet some players do, and it drives players that don't crazy. Brooks Kepka's pretty been uh, outspoken about it. He was on the record saying, it's gotten out of hand. It seems there are so many sports psychologists and everybody telling everybody that they can't hit it until they are ready. You have to fully process everything. I take 15 seconds and go. I've done all right. So I don't understand taking a minute and a half. He's always been outspoken, so it's not real surprise coming from Brooks. Roy McElroy also chimed in on it, said, I don't understand why we can't just implement that. Talking about a penalty where guys would just get penalized as opposed to warning. He said, We are not children that need to be told five or six times what to do. Okay, you're on the clock. Okay, I know if I play slowly here, I'm going to get penalized. I think that's the way forward. You just want guys to get penalized, which I totally agree. They're taking it. They're going to, they're going to try to push the envelope if they can. If you came down with a stiff penalty and said, no, no more, you're going to get a shot. They will hurry up. Absolutely.
1: You, yeah. you I mean, I'm with Rory 100%. A few years ago, do you remember they were making an effort to, um, quicken the game of golf? Yeah. Like, you know, cause it's, it's an expensive game, but it's a, it's a long game. It takes four, minimum four and a half hours, like on a Saturday out of your day with your family and stuff. So they were, there was this effort to like draw in the younger generation it's by quickening the there. pace. Yeah. It starts at the top, baby. Like that's who they're watching. Yeah, they're watching the slow players out there, like grind over every single step up to the ball, do it. I, I'm with them. I there's nothing worse than playing with a dude who takes a minute and a half after you've hit your ball, right, to address his visualize it. Like you're like, bro, come on. So it has to start at that.
0: At the at I think the it starts at the top level, but I think it also tops at the teaching level. Yeah, and I get if you're a golf instructor. You want to be your, you want to teach certain techniques okay. that you're, but that work on it on the range. Right. When you get on the court, don't think as much or on the course. Yeah. Go out there and just maybe have one swing thought, right. one swing change that you're going to implement. But if you're over, and I see this happen all the time at junior golf. It drives me nuts. I'm like out there going, hit it. Right. Just swing already, okay, you know, okay. and not like, and my daughter, I'll tell her, Hey, like she, her pre-shot routine is two swings and then she lines up. And I'm like, let's go to one swing. Right. Like you're wasting energy yeah. and you're taking too long. And the big thing I want to tell her is, when she addresses that ball, swing it. Like don't. You can see kids, and the more you like sit there, you're making more stress develop sure. in your hands sure. and you're thinking more thoughts. Let it go. Just let it go and just hit. Yeah. You know when it gets out there. Um, there was a welcome to the NFL moment uh, last night. And this happens almost every preseason. Gardner Minshew, remember him, the quarterback yeah, from Washington guy, right? Funny dude, yeah. he's great. He used to go out in the pre- pregame warm up shirt off, like he's just a fun loving dude. Love him. Better keep his head on hey, a swivel. Uh, this happened in the Jacksonville Jaguars game. He dropped the snap probably because he took his focus on it for just a it, second, it, and then it, just doesn't see anything and gets absolutely destroyed yo. by Kenny Young of the Ravens. That's not a penalty this year. I mean, he landed I don't on think him. so. He did land on him, but drove I... Drove him into the ground. I don't think he drove him into the ground. What? Did, if you look at his trajectory, of Kenny what? Young's trajectory, he drove through him. And thus and driving then, him into but the no, ground. I don't think he landed on him and did the traditional... Gaga. Okay. I think it was more like it was such a speed shot. Oof. It was kind of like Shark Week when you see yeah. the great whites come out of the white. He just right. went boom, like right through Minshew. That'll wake you up there, baby. That one'll hurt. Yeah, and make... it probably didn't hurt him last, last night because you have so much adrenaline flowing right. and things happen so quickly. That whiplash? like is whiplash Oh yeah, like... the next day, that's always, oh. people always ask me all the time, what is it like? What does it feel like? I'm like, during the game, you don't notice much at all. There are some, you know, if you're injured, you'll feel it. But the next morning, if you've been in a car accident and you get a little bit of whiplash every day after the game, you have, oh, yeah, your neck feels that. It's just a matter of how much whiplash you feel, but that's what it feels like. You feel like you got in a car accident or 20 of them. Depends on how bad the game was (laughs) of what you feel like after the game. Welcome back to Canel and Bell on this Friday. We had preseason football. Eleven games took place last night. We told you about the rookie quarterbacks who uh looked really solid in their debut uh debuts for some of them. Dwayne Haskins struggled a little bit, not a big cause for concern. Uh there have been a couple things though that, you know, if you were just a casual fan you're looking at it saying, ah, oh, if you're a big Dwayne Haskins fan, maybe you're worried. Right. When he opened up at third on the depth chart, then he has two picks in his first game. You know, it's obviously not the start that he would like. Right. But again, taking the big picture, I think Dwayne Haskins could actually use a year to sit, soak things up, sure. maybe play a little bit on the back end of the season, get his feet wet. And then year two, you look for him to be handed the reins. That would be my preference for uh, him moving forward. You don't always have that luxury, especially on a bad team. Baker Mayfield last year, after two weeks, was uh, put in the starting role, really never looked back, 27 touchdowns. Uh he's been outspoken, he's been brash. He played awesome last night in their drive. Um, looked really solid, really crisp, five of six, had a twenty one t- uh twenty on twenty one yard touchdown pass to Rashard Higgins, Hollywood. Um, the thing that stood out to me, and this is something about Baker where he's polarizing, some people love him, some people hate him. He celebrated like he won the Super Bowl. Right. Which I liked. Like I think that shows a player who's passionate about the game, who likes competing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of starters, established starters, are miserable playing in the preseason. Right. These stats don't count. Like this doesn't matter. The only thing I can do is get hurt. They throw a touchdown pass like all right, coach, I'm out of here. You get me out, right? Yeah, right, right Baker's right. over there like taking pictures of Higgins, like He's having fun. It's supposed to be fun. And I think that can be infectious in a locker room. It is.
1: Joy is definitely something that guys respond to. It is an infectious thing. And they can certainly feel when you're not having fun with it, right? And when you're in a preseason, um, a lot of times you're playing with guys that you probably won't be playing with, like, a lot in the regular season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so if you're the dude out there that's like, man, I'm better than this, people feel that, man. They don't respond to that. So while the guys that you will play with all the time, like you have their support, you really need the support, you know, of of everybody. And the way you relate to those guys is in the minutes that you get with them, even if you don't, you know, you shouldn't be there, you're enjoying it and you're having fun and you're invested with them in those moments. And he clearly is, right? And this is bigger than preseason. He's that dude, man. You ever seen the videos of him like when he was at Oklahoma and all those dudes are dancing? Yeah,
0: he's right in the middle. He's right
1: in the middle of that. And so for all of his faults and like, you know, I've talked about him having that thing with Hugh Jackson or whatever that was. He's a real genuine dude, and he finds joy in football, and, and people will follow that. You can you can lead um, if you're a genuine dude and you're having fun out there. Guys will
0: follow you. Just be who you are. Yeah. He's obviously cocky. That's who he is. Sweet. And you're gonna you're gonna live or die by it. Right. But you're gonna know exactly what you're getting, which I would rather have that every time. Then somebody you look at and you can tell they're faking it. Like, you know, I, sure I felt that way sometimes because the biggest criticism I got was not enough emotion, right? Like I wasn't emotional enough because I was always, I tried to be cool, calm, like you want to, like Joe Montana. Right. Um, you know, I, that was kind of what guy I looked up to. You don't want to get ruffled out there. Right. Um, and then, you know, the criticism was, well, you got to go out there and you got to chew some receivers out sometime. Yeah, I could try to do that, but it wasn't who I was. Would, the receivers would have looked at me and be like, "Sit down," you right. know, like they would have been able to see Maybe. through it. I felt I would get just as much value in going up to a receiver and said, "Hey, what happened that last route? What do we got to do to clean it up?" Like or. I don't have to chew them out. Like or. let's just have a conversation. Let's fix it and move forward as yep. opposed to chewing something out. So don't do something uh, that's out of your DNA. Uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Lander, if you were wondering how do they look, they look great on the bench uh, because, again, it's preseason. I wouldn't risk those guys either uh, to injury, but they came out, went no huddle from the get-go, and just absolutely trounced up and down the field on that first 89-yard drive. So good, solid debut for Baker Mayfield. A lot of eyes on another second-year quarterback, Lamar Jackson, for the Ravens. When he took over last year, they ran the football as a team, they ran it at running back, and Lamar Jackson ran the ball a lot. Yeah. Too much so, in my opinion. Now, it worked, got them to the playoffs, but they have to evolve or else you're too one-dimensional and NFL defenses will tee off on you. You will not have that luxury. So I want to see him take the next step, and the Ravens take the next step in trusting him to throw the football. Well,
1: I mean, by their own account, they say they're going to run him a bunch this year, right? Like, that yeah. was interesting to me is that he came out. He didn't have any, any runs last night. Right. Um, so then it begged the question for me: like, is this just Harbaugh playing it really close to the vest and 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 not giving you um what that what that offense is going to look like um right now, or was he trying to sell you a six for a nine when he said he was going to run him a bunch? And are they going to try to you know shock everybody and play him from the pocket this year? I don't have the answer for that, but I I thought I I thought he looked. I'm a Lamar fan. Yeah. Um. He was, he still looked a little shaky for me. Like of all, like of a lot of the guys I got a little glimpse of last night, he didn't look like he felt 100% comfortable. You know what I mean? Oh yeah.
0: And, and that is a little. I see it too. And I think that's probably one of the things I was bummed about last year was those rookie snaps are so valuable because you start to get more comfortable seeing pass schemes that you're implementing. You see defenses. Lamar didn't get a lot of that last year because they didn't ask him to. Yeah, he was. So he's kind of in a position now where he's still a little bit behind because he hasn't been asked to go out there and throw it all over the place. Yeah. So when you are going to try to do that, it's just still new. It's right. still new, the progressions that he's making. Uh I think there's got to be a happy medium. Like Yes, you're going to open up the playbook a little bit, but it's going to be a slow progression. I still think they're going to try to be a physical football team. Mm-hmm. They're still going to try to run the football a lot. They'd be crazy not to. But you can't survive on running the zone read option play with Lamar down the line of scrimmage. He'll get killed. Right. He literally, will, like it, it, you cannot survive um, at that level taking that much of a pounding. Some of the differences... It was crazy. Since he took over, uh since week 11 of the season last year, they averaged 229 rush yards as a team. That was 50 yards more, almost 60 yards more than the Seahawks were right behind them at 170. I mean, they were a running football team, right. in large part because Lamar Jackson was running it as well. Yep. You know, I mean, nobody else runs their quarter quarterback as much as they did, so they're going to have to adapt to that for sure. Uh The Miami Dolphins are trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick, do you go with the seasoned veteran? Or you go with Josh Rosen, who they traded for from the Arizona Cardinals? This one's going to be interesting to me to see who wins it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, historically you would think, oh, he's the safer option. He's yeah. played on, like it seems like, almost every single team in the NFL. Um, but you'd think he'd be more comfortable learning a system quickly. But Rosen, even though he didn't start, played more, looked pretty solid, had a bad interception. But I almost feel like you're better off going with
1: Rosen from the get-go. This is a no-brainer, bro. You go with Rosen? I go with Rosen in this in this one. I know Fitzpatrick is probably going to look fractionally better, Um but you already know there's a shelf life on that. It happens everywhere he goes. Um, and you've invested in this guy, and you've got to make this decision, you know, early, relatively early in the season as to what the season's going to be. Do we have a quarterback right now? Because if we have a quarterback, then we, we don't need to go get one in the draft. You know what I mean? Right. There are decisions that have to be made. There's only one way. I said it last week for the Dolphins to play this. Josh Rosen is in his second year. He struggled last year. He may struggle again this year, but that doesn't mean he can't be a franchise quarterback. You have to evaluate and get to the bottom of that if you're the Dolphins.
0: I think it'd be crazy. And now this is a shift in mindset because before you think, all right, you want to take the safest choice. You're, I totally agree with you. I don't, you're not going to win. You're not going to win this year. You're, like, you're not going to the playoff. Right. You just made this trade for Rosen. Why not roll him out there? You know you have got Fitzpatrick, who has been the backup of all backups. Like he's a great backup, correct? In case Rosen gets hurt, yep. but why not let Rosen go out there, cut his teeth, learn the system, play, and then you can make a decision. And if you're bad, oh by the way, you can have a chance at Tua Tagovailoa or win-win. whoever else. You know you can go pick your quarterback, and then you move on, and you've got your franchise set up. Yep. But if you don't. You're kind of like, well, I don't know how this guy's going to play. And it is so different in the preseason uh, as it is. When you see players out there, so a lot of a lot of people get really excited, like Daniel Jones would say, oh, he's the future of the, the Giants now. Like yeah. we've done this 180. I have a story from my preseason. Uh, my first rookie preseason came into the game. No one knew about me. You know, they liked me. I was a fourth-round pick. There was some optimism. Yep. But nobody knew what I was all about. Dan Reeves, I played in the fourth quarter. It was Dave Brown started, Tommy Maddox played, he was second string, Stan White played a little bit, he was third string, and then it was me, fourth yep. string. I wasn't even really ready to play. And I remember Dan Reeves like asking Steve DeBerg, our quarterback coach, like, hey, how much can you do? Yeah. And DeBerg was like, not much. <laughs> so I go out there and I run the two-minute drill. Yeah. So there was only about a minute and a half left in the game, two-minute drill. And two-minute drill is even more complex because you have to know signals, you got to be able to make checks at the line of scrimmage, right. all things I did not know as a rookie. Yep. I was not comfortable with yet. So Dan Rules pull, uh, pulls me upside, he's like, All right, we're gonna run you out there, two minute drill. He's like, I know you're doing a lot. He goes, run ten all hook. And so I was like, All right, I know that play. It was like yeah. one of the most basic plays in the system. Go out there, hey, we're gonna go right gun, ten all hook. Call the play, completion. I look over to Dan, he's like, run it again. I do yeah. the signal. You know, I was like, all oh, like it's something like yeah, this. Yeah. Like run all hook, ran it again completion like like, 30 yards we dashed him yeah Yeah. Yeah. next play i look over he gives me the signal for a draw for the running back draw run the draw clips it off like 17 plays run i look over he's like time out so i go over there he's like you like that 10 all hook i'm like yeah he's like run it again (laughs) go out there run 10 he goes run it back to back so i had two plays run it again tight end another gain Run it again, touchdown pass. Ayo. So Omar Douglas. Ayo. So the, the funny part about it is all these people are like, hey, Canel's the future, man. He looks comfortable in the system. He knows this thing inside and out. One play. You didn't know We did, were did. running. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> the uh You know, the press is asking me after the game, how'd you feel so comfortable? You look so confident. Right. You know." And they actually thought I had audibled, and the only thing I was doing was telling the tight end where to line up because right. he had forgot because he was another rookie, and that. they thought I was audibling. But don't get too excited from preseason success because you never right. know what's going on out there. Yeah, 10-all hook was my favorite play. 10-all hook. Matthew Coca, show yourself, man. We want to uh, thank you for all the uh, the work you put in, man. We're going to miss you, bro. Uh, no now, doubt. now you're going to thank me for this work? After, yeah, but after much... a year of torture, now you're going to thank me for the work? <laughs> but how excited are you, though? You don't have to babysit us every single day. I, that is going to be pretty
1: exciting. Like, I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, I'm excited to just be a viewer and see what the show actually looks like because I don't watch it. Uh, (laughs) Where (laughs) are you going, bro? Where are you going? Well, I'm not going anywhere. I have a (laughs) a new show in the works that I can't really talk about right now. Oh, my bad. My Uh, bad. (laughs) Yeah, but that's (laughs) basically what I'm going to be doing is, is, is a new show, a better
0: show. And for anybody who's listening doesn't know the type of work that goes in from Coca and Debo and Janita, everybody behind the scenes. They get in there super early. So hopefully you can actually enjoy a normal sleep schedule. Because I know they get in here around three thirty-four in the morning oh. sometimes. Brutal, brutal schedule. Brutal, yeah. So Coco will get back to a sense of normalcy and maybe he'll actually be able to keep a girlfriend for once hey. around here. Oh you didn't think I was gonna go out with any shots.
1: Hey. And- we were just talking about how Eric's heartbroken and that's why he doesn't want to show his face, and then you come out with something <laughs> like that. Like that's that's something
0: we're not. Not going to (laughs) miss. All right. We won't miss that, but we'll miss you, Coca, and Debo, and Mikey, everybody else is moving on. I don't want to say bigger and better things because we're a big deal, too. Yeah, but but new opportunities, opportunities, man. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. New opportunities for them. We appreciate all the hard work you guys have put in. It is Friday. Hope everybody enjoys the weekend. ton of NFL preseason continues. We'll be back on Monday to help you break it all down right here. Another fantastic team from a man Coca firing away. Two. Have a good weekend.